So you've reached the age of zero energy, zero sex drive, and zero weight loss, and you wake up every morning with aches and pains. You're not alone. There is help with Nava Health. Nava Health's technology-driven approach goes beyond symptoms to find the root cause. Nava medical experts will create a customized plan to help you feel your best at every age. Visit navacenter.com forward slash POD to learn more or call 855-680-6282 today. Don't put off feeling as good as you can. Call 855-680-6282. Results may vary. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Adam Heath of This is Dating Kinda Sucks, a podcast about dating, sex, and relationships. This week, we'll be talking about how to make friends using dating apps and other resources. Enjoy the show. Whether you're married or single or poly or ace, or hanging out with swingers back at your place, listen to us as we get no fuck. On Tinder and Bumble and plenty of yucks, trying and trying and having no luck. Because we all know dating kinda sucks. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Dating Kinda Sucks. If you're new to DKS, my name is Adam, and I'm a comedian, writer, and misogynist turned feminist, joined by my co-host Sarah, who is a millennial, travel junkie, and serial dater now in a committed relationship. We're not professionals, doctors, or experts, just two people sharing our perspectives on the world of dating, sex, and relationships. The first half of every episode is spent catching up on what's happening in our lives, and the second half is reserved for the episode's main topic. So if that's all that brought you here, you can skip through the halfway mark, or you can stick around and enjoy the whole show. Let's get started. It's 2023, and season six, as Adam likes to call it, we're back. (laughs) Rolling your eyes at the season six. Yes, we are on season six. Every year starts a new season. It just makes things nice and clean. Yeah, sure. Makes it easier. Um, it also lets us know, like last year we put out, what, 32 episodes? We were rolling at the front half of the year and then life happened and then, yeah. Yeah, doing it weekly was, uh, I mean, it was fun, but it was also just overwhelming as well. Stress. Yeah. The amount of planning that goes into into that. And and I'd like to eventually get back into some of our interviews because I really enjoyed those, but we're going to have to do it in a way that, um, is good for us and works, (laughs) works best for us. Right. (sighs) So... Yes, it is. Uh, it is January, and we are recording this uh, the second week of January right now. And then I think this might be our only episode this this month because if we can cram something else in, but who knows? We've got, yeah, we both got vacations coming up. I'm going to Vegas for my birthday, um, so yeah, we'll have to figure it out. We might try to cram another one in here, but if not, don't worry. We'll we'll be back. You know, just in time. <laughs> we'll go away, come back, go away, come back. Go away, come back. Yeah. Just, <laughs> We're we just gonna go down to once a month. No, no, I'm sure we won't. I'm sure we'll, we'll be we'll be doing well. Let's um. Let's talk let's... about what's been going on in oh, each of yes. our lives. Yeah, let's lot. let's get into that. There there is a lot. Um, and and I'm I'm trying to decide how much people who follow me on other social media know what's going on, what's been going on in my life. But just for the, you know, those of you who do not, um, although I would highly recommend it, you know, follow me on Instagram or Twitter or. I'm on Post now. I'm on Mastodon. I'm on all the Twitter alternatives with Elon Musk burning it to the ground. I only use Twitter now just for just for trolling Elon, by the way. That's the only thing really that I do now just because it's fun. But, yes, if you haven't been following along, uh, I've been here in Utah as a caretaker to my mother who uh, was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer a couple of years ago. And so I've been here just, you know, cooking meals, helping my dad out as well because, you know, he's getting a little bit older. So making sure he's he's doing OK. And then, um, you know, we knew that there would be an end coming. And uh, so, you know, it happened, of course, during the holidays. Um, I didn't talk about this before, but back in September, she was given two weeks to live. 
because they said it had spread to her liver. She started um, having a lot of itching, like under the skin itching, and they said that was due to her bile duct being blocked, I think. And so it's a way to know that it's uh, kind of spread. And so, the you know, they uh, they told her she had two and two weeks to live, I think, without actually seeing her. They told her this over the phone, which is fucking Wonderful. Ridiculous. Thanks yeah. for that being so impersonal, but great. And then, so we got all the family together and everybody got ready for her to, you know, just apparently somehow go from not full health. She was, you know, she was obviously sick, but like all of a sudden just to just die immediately. And it, it didn't happen. We didn't really expect her to see Halloween, but she did. She made it through Halloween. She made it through Thanksgiving, made it through Christmas and made it through New Year's. But uh, in the end, uh, she died on January 1st. So just uh, last week. Uh, and it was, uh, you know, it was, it was like, it was something that we expected. And my father and I were prepared for, we, I would say our Christmas and New Year's was pretty fucking miserable because we basically spent, uh, it all. Like I would, I would go over there and give him a break so he could go and like shower and get out of the house for a little bit. But then he basically would take up a position, uh, in a chair next to her bed for the, for the entirety of, uh, of, of the other time that I wasn't there. So it was, it was kind of, uh, it was just exhausting and, and just, you know, just sitting there and just, just watching her not be herself, not really, you know, one. Yeah, not herself, not be in a life that you would want anyone to live. It was, it was really, you know, and, and so it's a, it's actually been a relief that she has finally in, like gone because she's no longer in pain. Like, I, you know, I think that um, it was good for the rest of the family that came out and saw her in September when she was still, you know, having full conversations and playing Scrabble and hanging out with her grandson and all of that um, because they wouldn't have wanted to see her like this. And it was, it was, it was something that it was like, it is a relief. It is something that was a burden to, to see her like that because you don't want anybody to, to be like that. So, uh, yeah, so that was, uh, January 1st, um, which of course is classic my mother because in September when <laughs> she was given, when she was given uh, two weeks to live, I made a video in uh, like a memorial video that I put together and I wasn't sure the exact date of her death, but I knew what year it would be. So I put her, you know, birth year to 2022. And of course she lasted, uh, until the next day. So I had to go and re-edit the video, uh, for 2023. I was like, yeah, thanks mom. I, I'm, I'm sure that was on purpose, <laughs> but, um, so yeah, that's, that's not like the, the sad parts that I've been going, you know, I've been going through, but I'm, I'm kind of, I'm okay. I'm like, uh, you know, I've, I've kind of had my own closure and everything like that. We've been, uh, kind of just going through the process now of going through everything. And this is just a kind of a, maybe a story that will illustrate, uh, what I uh, have been going through beyond simply uh, being a caretaker for my mother. And uh, essentially, um, I'm here with my father as well. And I told my mother that I would make sure he's okay before I leave. And I probably won't hit the road till the spring. But uh, he asked me to clean out her room because he didn't really want to. And I said, sure, I'm happy to. This is before all the rest of the family got into town. So I started cleaning everything up, you know, going through all the boxes of stuff that she had. You know, she had uh, just... All these things, you know, my, my mother had 43 different bottles of lotion and, you know, 16 different chapsticks and all this, you know, just all this stuff. And in all of the things that I was finding uh, and organizing, I found a medical grade bag that had a singular tooth in it. And, all right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and you didn't mishear me. Yes, Interesting just, just find with all yes. the lotions and everything else. Yeah. yeah. Just a random small plastic bag with a tooth in it, like a full tooth too. Like, you know, I, I don't think people realize sometimes how long teeth are when you pull them, but yeah. And I said, I was like, dad, and I walk out and I, and I show it to him and I'm like, why the hell did mom just have a tooth here? He goes, yeah, they pulled it. I guess they must've given it to her, 
if she wanted it, you know, and she's your mother. She was a nurse. She probably like, you know, that's things that she didn't, you know, whatever. And I do seem to remember when she got like some gallstones one time, she asked for them oh. and she had them in a little bottle. So, you know, I was like, okay, okay you know, my, my mother's morbid. Uh, she's always been morbid. That's where I got my dark sense of humor. That's cool. So I was like, <laughs> all right, well, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this away. Right. And my father says, uh, no, 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 give it to me. I want it. All right. So. I'm I'm going to leave it to the audience to think for a second, and I just want everyone to see if they can think of any reason that my father might want that. Um, what, what what ideas might you have about why he might want that? A piece, you know, just like having ashes, I guess, a piece of her. I don't, I mean, right. that's all yeah, I can I, really think of is like, okay, you know, I know you I told, have I told ashes, Lisa, and he was but... like, does she want it? Does he want to make it into a necklace and like wear it around? You know, and I was like, okay, yeah. So, okay, no, none of those things. I said, what do you want it for? He goes, well, that's like a, that's an old filling that she had, like from back in the day when they used real gold. So I can sell this thing. I could go sell this tooth and get $50 for it. <laughs> $50. Come on. Yeah, $50. So I'm wondering, and I did not ask my father this, but I thought this. I'm, I'm absolutely did think, uh, was he down at the funeral home saying, hey, can you make sure you yank out all of her teeth and give them to me first? Because I don't know, there could be 200 bucks worth of gold in her mouth before you cremate her. Like, I really wonder. I don't think he did. But I wouldn't put it past him. I just can't like, imagine him going to a pawn shop with I a know. tooth going, what can I get for this? This is, <laughs> yeah. I've just recently been widowed. And this is, you know, this is, I'm a widower now. And this is my widow's, or this is my, this is my, you know, my, my, my dead wife's tooth. Can you take the gold out of this and give me money? Like, I mean, it's just like the whole concept of it. Like. You think they it's want morbid. it? What can they do? I don't. I just don't understand how he's going to get money from that. That's a weird. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. But uh, but I really was like, well, Dad, you're missing out on all the gold. I mean, I'm sure she had other <laughs> fillings too. Like, what the hell? I mean, did she ever have surgery? There might be some titanium parts in her, like you know, an elbow or something that could uh, be worth uh, money on the black market. Who the hell? Like, it's just at some at some point, it's like, okay, you know. Let's just like maybe let's let just move go. past that. Yeah, let like let it go. go. You yeah. know, yeah. In the it's trash, just, yes. Not, not everything is something that you need to try to make money off of. So that um, that that illustrates, I think, what uh, what my life has been like <laughs> is trying to really figure out what like what craziness is going to come. You know, what what's going to happen? What are, what are we going to sell next? You know, who knows? I mean, it's just I, I really have no idea. Depends on what you but, find. <laughs> yes, yes, and. um you know, actually, this would be a good thing to ask ask listeners because someone who listens might have an idea. The one thing that I that I feel really bad about is that we have a shitload of drugs now um, because right, right. and I'm not talking opiates. You know, there's obviously there was, you know, my mother was taking pain, pain pills and everything. But beyond that, she also took uh, she was diagnosed diabetic after the after because of the because of the pancreatic uh, tumor. And so she has a ton of insulin and then she has things like uh, there's a pill called Creon that you have to take uh, in order to basically it helps the pancreas act to make sure that you have uh, essentially healthy bowel movements. And she had to take one every time she took a, like a meal, like four times a day as she was taking one of these pills and they're giant horse pills. And I think they they cost hundreds and hundreds of dollars for every prescription and they're going to go to waste. And I like, I really hate the idea of throwing them away, but I cannot find any uh, resource on like how you, I'm sure there's a family out there who could use insulin, you know, family. Cause I know insulin is one of those big things that people go without insulin because they can't use it. Or I'm sure there's a, you know, people who could probably use the Creon, but just basically 
live their lives sitting on the toilet when they eat food because they can't take this pill. And, and so I don't know. I wish there was some type of way and maybe there is that I'm not unaware of. That's not illegal. That's not illegal. Well, or I mean, it can be illegal, honestly. Like I don't, I don't really feel like, let's be honest. I really don't care. Like, but, um, you know, I, I don't want to be out there selling oxy or something, but like, you know, if I was, if it's something I could donate or somehow find a family that could benefit from it, I would, I would want to, because it just feels like such a waste, you know, like, uh, the, these meds and uh, there's, sh- I don't know what the legality is, but there should be some type of way to do a charity or something where like people like can donate non opiate type pills to benefit people who need. Yeah. When you brought this, I had never thought about that before. Cause it's, it's it never just, occurred to me. Yeah. You yeah. drop them off because you know, don't flush them, drop them off at a designated place and be done with them. But yeah, if they're not opiates, there's something else that's also equally expensive. Like, can you do anything with them? I don't know. Right. So, I mean, the oxy, I've just been uh, feeding into um, little deer food and just tossing it around for the deer Stop. to eat. Cause I just want to no, see not. if we can get a no, you're not. whole ra- rampaging herd of uh, oxy addicted deer. Shut up. <laughs> I want to, I want to, you know, see if they can make a new movie like that new Cocaine Bear movie that's coming out. Have you seen that? <laughs> Not the Cocaine Bear. Have you seen it? I have. Roy it's and based I were on like, true story. Oh yeah, I can't wait to go see it. But it's based on a bear who actually ate like a pound of cocaine. Now that bear died like an hour later um, from doing it. And I'm sure this bear is going to die in the movie too. But I'm like, yeah, we could have Oxy Deer coming to you from Utah. Oh my god, it'll be the sequel Let's to Cocaine not. Bear. God. No. I was like, when I saw the cocaine bear thing, I was like, wow, an original movie idea. I know. I know. It's so insane. Um, so anyways, that's uh, just a small snippet of what's been going on in my life. And uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm going to I'm looking forward to being in Utah and being able to like I want to finish the book that I've been working on. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'll have a little more time. I haven't left my condo in two full days because my brother and sister are here. They're helping my dad go through stuff. And I was like, that's your responsibility. I'm taking a break. And by taking a break, they thought I was going to like go out and party or something. I'm like, no, fuck no. I just, I just want to not talk to anybody for a little while. Yeah. So understandable. Yeah. Here we are. And, um, what's going on in your life? Uh, now that you're living, uh, the the high life in uh, in Seattle. I mean, nothing crazy to be honest. It's like every time people ask, I'm just laying low, just settling in still and figuring things out and trying to make friends, which is another reason why we're having this episode because it leads right to this episode. Leads right yeah. to this episode. So many things in our life like lead to like we're like, how do we do this? Let's do it on an episode talk on it. About yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, so I've been, you know, trying to figure out where I feel comfortable as far as like workout studios, trying to meet people, and then the holidays in between all of that. So it's kind of been I mean, November is a terrible time to move just because of all the holidays and stuff. It's hard to feel grounded in a new space as you're dealing with everything else kind of uprooting your life. Um but outside of that, um, some fun, not fun <laughs> neighborhood stuff. There's a local cat that is uh, thinking we're the owners. And uh, I have, it's just been. So, okay, an, so a cat has adopted you? Pretty much, yeah. It's just been an ongoing saga since we moved in because Roy's allergic. And it start, it's actually funny how it started off. It's like Roy's allergic. He wants nothing to do with the cat. Only see the cat outside don't do anything and then one night we're out of dinner he's like 
it's going to get really cold tonight. What are we going to do about this cat? And I'm like, what do you mean? You hate cats. You, you're allergic. What do you mean what we're going to do? So then it, you know, was downstairs in my space because it can't be in Roy's space. So it's down here for the night because it was, you know, 30 degrees and the cat was crying in front of our door. So like, what are you going to do? Leave it outside. So then it turned into, okay, well it's staying overnight. So I need a litter box and I need some kind of food for it. It looks like it's being fed, but you know, I don't know. I don't know who owns this fucking cat then it turns into we're gonna be you know away for a while coming up and Roy's like so what are we gonna do about this cat because if this cat oh and neighbors keep coming by thinking it's our cat telling us hey your cat's outside bring your cat inside and us having to say it's not our fucking cat please mind your own goddamn business old ladies coming up saying hey your cat's so cute or can I adopt this cat since you guys seem to not want it all of us just saying it's not our fucking cat so yesterday with like I don't know the fire under my ass to get all of these things done I took this cat in my car and drove it to the vet to see if it had a chip it does not have a chip so that sucks so then I leave notes for all of my neighbors like come on is this anybody's cat like I figured I would have known by now because I I just haven't seen my neighbors out and about I feel like we go on walks all the time when we're always outside of the house I never see them so I leave notes and last night I get a text from one of my neighbors saying, oh, that's our cat. You know, he doesn't get along with the dog very well and he just likes being outside more than being inside because of his relationship with the dog. So the cat just stays outside and I'm like, the fuck, like does the dog, like does the cat really like being outside or is it just because you guys favor the dog? Because the cat is crying at our door at all hours of the day and night. Like from when I wake up at 530, it's fucking crying to when I go to sleep. It's just like trying to be inside and whatever. And yes, we have fed the cat, but like we leave it. We don't like it didn't start off this way. It's just like the second we moved in, the cat was like, "Ooh, a new person, you know? So I just feel like it's a lonely. I don't know. I get nasty looks from neighbors. I get people asking if they can adopt it. Now I know it's somebody's cat and they, in my opinion, do a shit job of taking care of their fucking cat. Well, they probably do a shit cat, a shit job because everyone else lets it into their house when it gets too cold. And so they're like, wow, that cat really doesn't care about the weather, does it? Or something like that, which is just ridiculous. It's so crazy to me. Like, well, the fact the cat comes to your door to whine when it gets cold means that whoever lived there before you must have let that cat inside all the time. Oh, yeah. I fucking bet they did. So, but I feel bad. Like, it now the cat, like, if the cat comes inside our house, I'm, like, kicking it out because I don't want the neighbors now to think that we're stealing their cat. It's just a weird... I hate it. I just hate all of it. And this cat is so sweet. And I, we were ready to give it to another family yesterday because we had people lined up who wanted this cat. And then finally our neighbor's like, oh, no, it's our cat. I'm like, put a fucking chip in your ca- chip, your fucking cat, number one, that you didn't do. And give it a collar or something because everybody just thinks it's a stray, even though it's so friendly. I don't know. It's just no, I agree. It should actually have a collar because there are the flea collars, too, that you want it to have. So it like doesn't you know necessarily get sick. But also, um, yeah, it sounds like they don't give a shit about it. You should have just given the cat away to a fan, to a real family. And then if they text you again, say, oh, we didn't know. So, well, I think other neighbors were going to take the cat anyways. Like this older, this elderly woman came to our door and said, my cat recently died and I walk past your house every day. And this cat seems so nice. I didn't think it was your (laughs) cat. Can I take this cat home? And Roy and I are like, I mean, if you want it, this was two weeks ago. We're like, yeah, if you want it. And then she never came back. But it's. Every week, someone knocks on her door about this fucking cat. 
I, lo- Every I love that you went from living in Nashville in a building for a year with all, the only person you knew in the building was another guy you banged <laughs> to being in a house in West in, in like West Seattle and then within two months getting into cat drama. Yeah. With with all the old neighbors. The nasty looks. I swear, I'm not going to be nice anymore. I this morning I got the nastiest look from someone. As this, I opened the door because the cat was crying, so I was just going to like peek out, maybe let it in. And the the woman standing there with her dog, just like, how dare you leave that animal out? And I look at her, I was like, no, kitty, you can't come in. But what I should have said is, mind your own fucking business and keep walking your goddamn <laughs> dog, you cunt. Like it was just like it was just such a nasty. And that's how you make friends. <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying. And then you made the comment. You're like, I bet you you're like all over next door and all of the Facebook groups of like this house. They're not taking care of their cat. Da 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 da. So I'm sure. I'm sure of it. I know. Yeah. When 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 animal control comes over for neglect, you know, they're going to be like, we have a. It looks like you've been neglecting your your pet or something, and you're going to have to explain to them. It's not a fucking cat. God damn it! (laughs) Well, that's what I don't want to happen. If like, because we went away to Portland for the weekend, and I was worried that you know someone was going to call it in, or so so it's like any time we leave the house for an extended period of time, now I'm worried someone's going to be knocking. So I'm like, do I leave a note saying, no, it's not our fucking cat? Like I don't know. Just put a giant sign into it that said, this is not our fucking cat. We don't want it. If you want it, please take take it and give it a good home. And just do put that on your front door. <sighs> well, I was talking shit with you on the phone earlier today. And I know the neighbors, they have a dog. And I walk past like four people walking their dogs down my street. And I'm like, I bet you one of them had to be my neighbors as I'm like these fucking neighbors with their fucking cat and I'm like oh I didn't really think about that that I could be passing <laughs> those neighbors oops I'm a terrible person <laughs> oh but can't wait like, to see where this where, how this ends up because I feel like it's life. just going to get more complicated and it's going to get worse somehow I'm telling you animal control will be next we're going to get a letter and oh, some yeah. shit and I'm going to have to be like dude please take the f-. well I don't I don't know the vet was like you know you could just you know give it to another family or take it to an animal shelter. But, you know, they could end up killing it. I'm like, yeah, no, but let's not kill the cat. It's just now this is my fucking burden to bear. That's I, right. I, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, everybody's allergic to cats in some capacity. So Roy can just take some Claritin and you'll be fine. Oh, he likes the cat now. That's the thing. I know. Of course. He so hated it from take, the beginning of, hi, kitty, and you do one meds. pet. Now he's, oh, look at the cat. Da, da, da. He won't pick it up or anything, but he'll pet it for a long uh, period of time. I mean, it's nice having it. go wash animal. his hands? Yeah. He's run through soap really quickly lately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's about lovely. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How, how lovely. Um, well, uh, that, that will lead very well to our topic, which we will get to eventually. Um, we have a few uh, other things to get to before we uh, get into how to make friends. And, uh, and 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 using Sarah's example on how not to make friends as well. <laughs> get uh, off my fucking lawn. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Before we uh, get into that, I want to give a quick shout out to a few of the countries where we popped up on their charts in the last uh, month. That is a um, huge shout out to Nigeria, Barbados, Slovenia, and Greece. So I know Ooh. we've been in a few of those, but uh, yeah. there's someone, someone's uh, over there binging the uh, the podcast, and I appreciate you. And um, then we had an email from a listener uh, recently, and we do have a couple of voicemails to go through in the uh, future episodes. So if you have left a voicemail, you uh, you know you, we will get to it. I promise. 
If you want to leave us a voicemail, you can always, first of all, you can email us at datingkindofsuckspodcast at gmail.com. Adam answers those. It's been a month yes. since I've looked Sarah at it, so I'm we, Sarah forgot how to log in. I had yesterday <laughs> had to tell her how to, yeah. Um, and if you want to listen to, or if you want to leave us an actual voicemail that we can play on air, you can do that. And the DKS hotline is 407-519-0181. Uh, so we have a, an email from a, a listener who is uh, who's, uh, a man who reached out to us. He said, uh, I am contacting you because I need some help. I am 24 years old and I have never been on a single date. I've never had my first kiss or anything. It comes from severe childhood trauma, extreme lack of self-confidence and being overweight. I also was from a small town in Mississippi, so there was not a ton of opportunities for dating. Since then, I have lost nearly 100 pounds. I moved to a new city in Knoxville, and I have since started playing rugby, and I have a newfound confidence. I figured I would give Hinge a try, and I'm honestly getting a ton of matches. Just nothing productive is coming from these matches. I know it's my fault, because once the conversation is pretty much done, I don't take that next step in asking them out. Mainly because I don't really know how, because in the back of my mind, I'm still this fat kid with no confidence. I think I'm also afraid that once I do finally go on a date, she will realize I have no experience, and they might think that's weird. Finally, I matched with this absolutely gorgeous woman and eventually asked her out. To my surprise, she said yes. Don't get me wrong. I don't think I'm a bad-looking dude. I'm 6'2". I work out every day, and I've been told by multiple people while going out to bars and whatnot that I am attractive. But I am still in shock that she said yes to me asking her out. My dilemma is that this girl is out of town visiting family until the end of January. That means there's basically a month before we can go on a date. I just do not know how often I should be messaging her in the meantime. I do have her number, but obviously we aren't dating. I know messaging every day is too much, but I don't know if messaging her too less would be an issue or not. I also know once the date happens, I'll be so scared because it'll be my very first one. Any advice? Well, first off, I'm really happy to hear that he's gaining confidence and having the confidence to even download a dating app and put yourself out there in that type of way is a big step and a lot of work to build up to. So I think that was that's good. I also think because he doesn't have a lot of dating experience and because the timeline is short, now it's what, January 10th, if he hasn't already gone on a date with her, that this is the time to rip the Band-Aid off. I think you can shake off the nerves of this first one and see, okay, you know, this is how it's going to go. And don't get so invested in the end result. Like you might want a relationship. Don't, don't focus on that. Focus on the baby steps of, okay, asking someone out. Okay. Going on a date. Like why not try it with this person? You seem to like her through conversations and to the text point, don't worry about how much just text like you would your friends, you know, just be simple with it and just ask to, grab drinks or do you want to hang out at whatever event you know if there's an event in town or whatever of I don't know something super casual to just meet up it doesn't have to be this let me take you to this fancy dinner and make this big event of first date whatever just take it slow and be chill about it and rip the band-aid off with this person yeah I agree I think that you know, he says, you know, his his issue is this whole messaging thing. No, we have a lot of other issues to talk about here, buddy. Yeah. Um. Let's 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 start with that. First of all, the fact that you haven't been dating at all, that's OK. You know, it's not a big deal. Um. It's OK to be nor- nervous. It's natural to be nervous. You'll be you nervous. To start going on dates. You'll be nervous uh-huh. the next three dates you go. You know what I mean? It's yeah, exactly. Not, exactly. <laughs> so you need to start going on dates like that's that's actually the, the biggest suggestion I have is 
stop, uh, you know, on these hinge when hinge conversations are, are, you know, when they're going well and the person seems interested, then just take the leap and say, so, you know, would you like to grab a drink some night? Would you like to and, and be, be specific? And if they say yes, say, OK, um, my Thursday is free. Would you like to meet at 7 p.m. at this place or whatever? Like try to try to make be confident, set set like the actual, you know, schedule. This is what we're going to do. And people respond positively to that. And if they say no, how about this time? Then roll with it and say, OK, that's fine, too. You know, and, and whatever they, they want as well. And, you know, meet, meet up. Go on dates because I'll tell you, your first one is probably going to be terrible. Yep. I mean, it's don't, very likely going to be. Yeah, don't expect it to be good. Yeah, it's you're going to say weird yeah. things. They might react to weird. I I mean, weird shit's probably going to happen. But then you'll be like, oh, I know not to do that again. And then the next right. one, it's just like you. I don't know. Uh, Dating 101. This is your intro yeah. class, you know. And the next step, you won't do some of the things you did in the first one. And yeah. Exactly. I mean, my, my first date with, uh, with, with my ex-wife was, I was, you know, I was first, that's, that was my first date as an adult and I was 21 and, you know, nervous and it was awkward and weird, um, and, and everything. And, and, you know, it, it did, we did have other future dates obviously, and then got married. But then my, after I got divorced, it was 10 years later and I was going on my next first date and it was, uh, another kind of awkward. It was fun, but it was like, once we got into it and kind of, you know, got into the conversation, it was great. But like there was, I was so nervous for the, for it and you're going to be as well. So you need to, the more you do it, the easier it is. It's like, like, just like with anything. So get some dates in there before you even go on to date with her, uh, just to get them out of the way. But also, yeah, as far as texting her, as far as messaging her, it just, you know, if you have anything interesting to say, say it, you know, and ask her how she's doing, ask her, you know, if you had anything interesting worth like talking about, you can you can message her. You can always ask her too. I don't know if you're a phone person. You can always say, "Hey, you, you know, do you like to talk on the phone?" Because sometimes people do. Some people don't, and you want to respect that. And some people do. So it's just a matter of, you know, just figuring out a communication style that works. And I, I would say, you know, the one thing, and this is something that that rubbed me a little bit wrong on your email that I wanted to mention was that like you you're saying these people are, you know, that you're meeting matching these people, and you're like, well, she's absolutely gorgeous. That's not. And a reason to date somebody, you know, right. like, uh, you're, you are you know, just if, if they're interesting, if they have a good conversation, you know, they're, they, you know, they can be attractive, you know, you find them attractive, but that shouldn't be the, the... reason you want to go out with them is so right. you have arm candy is not the right approach. Now, it, it it's also going to take some like self-talk of I'm worthy of meaningful connections, no matter what the person looks like. So like they're like we've talked about in previous episodes, there is no like rating of oh he's a 10 oh he's a nine oh he's what like that's shitty to say you know oh i'm dating a 10 or whatever don't be fixated on the looks yes looks do help but don't say oh you know i never thought i'd be bagging a 10 or whatever right. that's not yeah let's avoid using numbers at all if we please, can please uh, God. um and, and the other thing to keep in mind, too, is that everybody has insecurities. Everybody is flawed. Everybody gets nervous, um, including including really extremely attractive women. In fact, some of them sometimes are the most insecure because they never know if someone's interested in them as human beings or just based on their looks. So they're you know, they have a lot of issues with that. So just be yourself, be respectful, be kind and, and just just try to relax a little bit, I think. And, and, and practice practice at dating. First are never that good. First kiss. Nah. Yeah, First. True time having sex not that first date right. the first first yeah. date ever not that good so don't put so much pressure on yourself because yeah it's it's going to be a fun learning experience and that's what it's all about yep I, exactly so thank you for emailing uh if you have a question you'd like answered you can email us at dating kind of sucks podcast at gmail.com 
And of course, you can always uh, call us on the DKS hotline at 407-519-0181. And with that, we'll be right back with What to See with Sarah G. Yeah. So this week's What to See with Sarah G, we are going to be exploring St. Louis, Missouri, I've been here a lot. Uh, my brother lives in St. Louis. I think it's a very underrated town in terms of smaller cities to visit in the United States. And Adam lived in St. Louis while he was going to law school. So you have some insight in things to do or not to do in St. Louis. So this will be fun. That's right. That's right. Yep. <laughs> okay, great. So we'll start with a little bit of a backstory on St. Louis. It's commonly referred to as the gateway to the West because it was the famed jumping off point for the Louisiana Purchase Expedition of Lewis and Clark. And there's actually a town right outside of St. Louis called St. Charles. And it's apparently the official spot that has a sign and everything stating Lewis and Clark. So if you're really into that, Go to St. Charles. It's a suburb outside of St. Louis. Anyways, the city started with a lot of French influence and in the 1800s gained Irish and German immigrants who laid roots in the city, which fun fact, there are 79 different neighborhoods throughout St. Louis. And in some, you can actually really tell the influence of the different cultures. Like there's one neighborhood called the Hill, which is the Italian area. And it's it's a pretty cool place to just drive around and see how different oh, yeah, there's like virgin mary statues sitting outside every house they all have That's like so little true. italian yeah, flags yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so funny no it is very italian yeah. yeah but yeah outside of the history of the city there is one monument that really drives the point home of the gateway to the west and that is the st louis arch that is right next to the mississippi river and with the city and the arch they actually put a lot of building code up so you can't build any structure taller than the arch so as you're driving throughout the city you'll see the arch of like hey that's the arch hey that's maybe that's just what my brother does but you can see it throughout many parts of the city which i also think is pretty cool and as far as if you should visit the arch because it's like the main attraction yes you should um you can actually take an elevator up to the top adam have you done this have you, have you no. been up to, uh, I should have figured you haven't been up to Number one, I don't do touristy shit. And secondly, I'm not getting into some little small elevator that was built in, what, 19-whatever uh, to go to the top of a... No, fuck no. Fun fact, did you know, this is just me remembering from the tour, They because OSHA standards didn't exist during that time, the photos they have of them building the arch, I'm like... I'm surprised nobody died building this because there was people are just hanging from, you know, ropes and stuff, putting the arch together. Anyways, um, you can definitely take the elevator to get up. I would just be, you know, a little cautious if you're claustrophobic because it's kind of an egg shaped elevator that has four seats inside and you might have to like hunch over. But if you're there and you have some free time worth checking out now, let's start with police. What? Say you saying that you'd have to hunch over too, like it's like you know, I mean, like getting yeah. in your car. Like if you think it's small, then uh, I can't <laughs> only imagine. Yeah, there's no way I would ever do it. Fair enough. Well, let's go. Let's move on to places to eat. Um, I have a lot of favorite spots, and then there's a few more popular spots that I think are okay. But I'm still going to mention those as well. And I'm no food critic, but these are just my top picks. Um, first up is the most Midwestern thing you'll ever hear me talk about. And that is a place called Twisted Ranch. Um, <laughs> you guessed it, ranch. That's a Midwestern thing. They offer 33 homemade ranch sauces. And you can order a sampler of ranch sauces that come with 13 different flavors and a basket of fries. So when you're there, order that and then order a meal that comes with a side of fries. So you can just have all the fries to dip in your ranch. It's a good time. 
I, I mean, like, it's it's the best. I'm sad when I don't go there when I'm in St. Louis. I'm sad that I've never been there because I definitely, that, I mean, I would just want the, forget the fries and stuff. Can you just spoon just the sauces and the, just eat them? Yeah, yeah they're yeah. like little just shots. Yeah, just shots yeah, yeah, of it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the next spot to check out is Mission Taco Joint. At certain times, they have a happy hour and an after 10 p.m. menu that offers $2 tacos and $2 tequila shots. I went here for a bachelorette party. Um, it was a good call. So even if you're not there during those times where they have those $2 deals, it's a good place for tacos, burritos, alcoholic beverages, all of that. And then there's also the Broadway Oyster Bar, which is a fun New Orleans-style restaurant serving all of the Cajun food you can imagine. They have nightly music. And a really cool outdoor patio, too, that kind of feels like you're not in the... I don't know. It just feels more tropical on the patio, which is fun. And then I've never been to this spot, but Ted Drew's Frozen Custard. There's always a line every time I've been outside of the place. I've just never had it. And uh, there's a vending machine in the airport, so it must be good, I guess. <laughs> Have you been there? Yeah. Well, there's several locations, but um, yeah, I uh, I went to one. It was like it was good, Like, but I, I'm also like... You know, ice cream is custard is ice cream. Like to me, there's not really that. Uh, they're not that different. I mean, so I understand why people like it, but like I put enough toppings in there, anyways. It does. You could give me anything, and I'd eat it and say it was good. So all right, verdict: Don't go there from. <laughs> don't bother. <laughs> and there's a couple other popular spots. There's Emo's Pizza. Um, it's all over St. Louis as well. I hear it's just mediocre pizza. So. It's a thing, but whatever. And then um, St. Louis is also famed for toasted ravioli, which I just found out pretty recently. I've had it. I just think it's okay. I'm I'm not dying to have it, but I guess if you go to an Italian restaurant and they have it, order it and see if you like it. Well, it's like an appetizer you can get pretty much at every restaurant, I think, because it's their, their specialty. It's like, it's like when you get into like Wisconsin and they have like cheese curds as their thing. You know, so every place has a variety of cheese curds. Every place has like different variety of toasted ravioli and everything like that. And yeah, it, it's like it's good, you know, but it's also weird. Like it's a, yeah. but it's it's an it, like they're worth trying. I would say. I didn't know they were on every menu. I guess I just haven't been looking for it. I've been. Not, a- I mean, not every menu, but like it's one of those things that like every like most places have some type of appetizer version of toasted ravioli uh, that I remember. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, give it a shot. For food wise, that's that's that. Let's move on to places to visit. My absolute favorite outside of seeing the St. Louis Arch and going up in the elevator is the City Museum. It's a really fun place. Yes, there's a lot of kids there, but it's also fun for adults. It's actually built on the grounds of an old shoe factory and it has four floors and a rooftop area that's filled with art installations that you can climb, crawl and slide on. And yes, I said slide. There is a 10-story slide. I think there's two 10-story slides in the building. And it's just one of my favorite spots. Bring tennis shoes and something that you're going to sweat in because you'll get lost crawling in some of the areas. It's it's a blast. It's like 20 bucks for a ticket, but totally worth it and uh, pretty unique to the city. Next is the St. Louis Zoo. I know it's a zoo and they have zoos in other cities, but this one is massive and it's free admission. So if you're there and you have some time to kill, it's a really fun spot to just go and enjoy everything that they have set up there. Just depending on where you park, that might not be free, but it's a fun free activity in the city. And then on a nice day, visit the Missouri Botanical Garden. They actually have a 4.8 star rating with almost 13,000 reviews on Google. And it has lots of events that go on through each season. 
really, you guessed it, plants everywhere, <laughs> really pretty plants and I don't know, greenhouses and things like that on 78 acres that you can enjoy. And then St. Louis is also known for beer because of Anheuser-Busch. So if you're there, you've got to go get the tour of the facility, see the Clydesdales and have a taste test. After your tour, you can also get a free voucher for a beer. And then right next to Anheuser-Busch, not far anyways, is Ballpark Village. If you're there during the spring, summer, you can catch a St. Louis, Louis Cardinals baseball game and then as far as other neighborhoods to check out Soulard is a really cool area Roy and I always talk about how they have the best farmers market that we've ever been to they have food drinks local vendors live music a lot of just outdoor space that I think it's a really cool spot and then Central West End is another area of town that's really nice to walk around and check out all the local shops and across from Central West End is Forest Park which has over 1300 acres of just open park and there's a really cool free museum that's right there and a little lake area they just have a lot of nice free activities you can do in st louis so yeah and then places to avoid in st louis don't get confused because both adam and i well you don't really have a horror story do you not on my own no no well just don't go to east st louis it sounds like it's part of st louis it's in illinois and it's very unsafe. I was driving there, driving from Nashville to St. Louis. And I was like, oh, I'm running low on gas. I'll just stop. My brother told me not to. But I was like, it's just a, like, it's a gas station off the side of the road. Like, how bad could it be? No, it was pretty bad. Like, I was very scared. Um, it was not, not a good feeling. So yeah. don't stop in East St. Louis. Just don't. East St. Louis is, uh, it's, a, it's, it's. To be like, if you drive through in the middle of the day, you're like, it, you'll see it, and it'll be like, wow, when like when uh, I can't like, it looks like a a town that is constantly like at war. It's like it's a crazy. zombie wars. Like I don't. It just um, gives me like the zombie war zone vibes of just like a lot of like hard looking buildings oh, yeah. and just it looks rough. Downtown, like there's just cars like uh, with no wheels, just sitting in, in like uh, in, at the at the you know the street parking that's supposed to be monitored, but nobody monitors it. All the uh, meters are broken down, so there's no parking meters. And I remember my ex-wife uh, worked for Legal Aid for uh, summer, and so she would go over there during the day and uh, and would work. And um, one day she came out and she had parked on the curb, um, like in front of her building. And her entire car was uh, like her, her back two wheels were up on the curb. So like someone had just basically driven into her car hard enough to knock the bottom, the rear half of her car up onto the curb and then just driven, driven off and no problem. And it was, uh, yeah, that was crazy. And then I, Good friend of mine from law school could never sleep at night, and the liquor stores were closed in St. Louis, so he would actually drive over to East St. Louis at like three in the morning with one of the liquor, one of the liquor stores open, and he is just this big dumb white guy from from Kentucky uh, to get a bottle of Jim Beam, and I was I was like I I'm impressed because yeah I do that all the time I think they know me now I was like that is not a good thing <laughs> yeah no so just don't stop to get gas in East St. Louis just drive on past into St. Louis yeah. that's my recommendation. And then uh, the only the only things that I would talk about too in St. Louis would be um, you know like the neighborhoods are really cool to visit. There's um, there's a transportation museum that I really like. It's a bunch of old trains that was really cool. That's uh, in in the heart of uh, St. Louis, and of course the campuses. There's a bunch of schools there that are all kind of they're very St. Uh, Louis University has a really cool campus, and so does Washington University. There they're kind of fun to to go through. Um, and then nearby there is the um, a place called Cahokia Mounds, which is kind of a cool little. Um, 
burial thing in Illinois. It's uh, just over the border. That was fun. But all the restaurants, it's funny. I didn't go to, Sarah and I were talking about this. <laughs> I didn't go to, when I was there, we just picked chain restaurants for some reason. We always went to Outback. Uh, Outback. We went to Outback because we stole a knife every time we went. So I have, I still have the full collection here 20 something years later of, um, of steak knives. But uh, we like the steak knives. But we'd go to Outback all the time. And then we would go to like California Pizza Kitchen or go to, um, you know, when I went somewhere fancy, went to like Ruth Chris. Um, and uh, and I was telling Sarah this story, but uh, I remember I was like 21, and Amy and I were going to go out to we were there. They had the barristers ball, which is like the law school prom that you do. And uh, so we dressed up. We went out to a fancy dinner, and it was either at Ruth's Chris or at like the steak restaurant inside the Marriott, right in downtown. That was really fancy. And I remember I was like, yeah, I was like, I was 21. I had no idea what the fuck I was doing, but they come over and we to order. And I'm like, you know, I think I'd like the, you know, the filet mignon. What does it come with? And the waiter's like, well, sir, it's a la carte. And <laughs> I say, oh, I, oh, I understand. Uh, but so what does that come with? And then he had to be like, sir, a la carte means that each and you just purchase each individual item separately. And I felt like such a dumbass, and I had no idea. It was so embarrassing. And I will never forget that, obviously. Uh, yeah, it's just the way he did it, too. He was like such a like such a douchebag about it as well. And I, I just had no concept of what a la carte meant because I'd never been to a restaurant where you didn't, you know, it, it was like it was a steak that came with things. I went to Outback all the time where it was like, you know, you get a steak, you get a salad, you get a potato, you know, like that, that, <laughs> that was my experience. So, yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah. So that's uh, St. Louis. And uh, I don't have anything much else to add to it. I, I kind of think if I went back now that I'm a little bit more social, uh, that I probably have some different experiences to suggest as well. But uh, but I don't. Yeah. All I can say about Cahokia Mounds is there's a rest station not far from that. And Roy took a shit in that rest stop and was like, I left my Cahokia Mound. <laughs> <laughs> Never been there. But oh my when God. you said that, I was like, oh, that's my only memory of that. I love that that's your, that's your memory of that. <laughs> Well, that was uh, What to See with Sarah G. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about how to make friends. Whether you're moving to a new city or you've lived in an area for a while, it is really challenging to make friends. I think especially after the pandemic, right? Because everyone's so used to just staying inside and staying put that going out and meeting right. a big group of people, it's not like the thing you really want to do and spend the energy and everything getting ready. And I mean, we talked about it a little bit earlier in the episode of, you know, I'm trying to find my groove of meeting people and, you know, hanging out with people outside of just Roy. And it's been really challenging. I've what have, what have I done? I signed up for meetup on meetup.com and joined a bunch of groups on there. I get the emails all the time. I have not done any of the events. I just I'm like, <laughs> oh, there's a thing going on. Yeah, I'm not doing that. A lot of it's hiking stuff. And I'm like, nah, it's too cold. And then there's, you know, there's Bumble, which I downloaded Bumble for, you know, the BFF feature. I told Roy about it. I was like, look, you'll see Bumble on my phone, but it's to make friends and created a profile and everything on there, which obviously feels a lot like dating because you're setting up stuff and you're like, do I look approachable and like someone who would be a good friend? You know, you're reviewing your photos for that, which was a weird thing to think instead of, you know, from a dating perspective, but it's similar. And then actually meeting up with people who I connected with on Bumble BFF and going, eh, this is not what I expected this person to be like, just based off of our conversation and their photos, totally not the same person I thought, you know, they were more introverted and I was more extroverted and just conversation didn't flow. And I just knew, you know, within the first five minutes, this probably isn't going to work out, which sucks because 
I want to make it like it's different because I'm not trying to fuck this person. Like I want to be their friend. Like I'm not, I, you know, it's weird. You know, I should right. feel like I, even if we don't completely vibe right then and there, I should want to keep like hanging out with them so that thing can grow. But then I'm like, is that worth my time? Because do I look at it from the dating lens of, ah, I didn't really vibe with them when I first met them. Should I just let that go? And then I think of past friendships of, I didn't really vibe with them immediately just because of how things were. And we ended up being really close friends. So should that hold me back? I don't know. It's been, it's been a lot of just thinking as, uh, as I'm dating, you know, that right. it's the same thing and I'm putting myself out there and I, I hate, it. <laughs> I hate it. Cause I'm like, I'm not even trying to date you. Like I just want to be your friend. And it seems so complicated because people are still sizing each other up of, Oh, well, you do this. Oh, well, you do that. Interesting. Hmm. Oh, you own a house. Oh, you don't. And obviously I don't want people who are going to size me up. And it's just a, it's dating. It's literally dating all over again. Yeah. Except you're just, you're not blowing them at the end. You're right. Yeah. I'm not. (laughs) Not yet. You were blowjobs. Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) Or like, should I make guy for, like, I think I should make, I've seen like guys on Bumble BFF and I'm like, do they know that they're on BFF? Or, like, how does that go? If I match with a guy on Bumble BFF, are they strictly just going to take... Because I'm not against having guy friends. Obviously, I'm your friend, you know? But beating them on a dating app that's, you know, primarily used for dating, and then, I don't know, that's weird to me, too. So I'm just, like, sticking with meeting other women, but then I'm getting a lot of matches from guys. It's, yeah, interesting. I would say that, that there's probably you have to be careful about the men on Bumble BFF because there's going to be a percentage of them that see it as some way to date like or as some way to kind of weasel their way into it. And then there'll be a percentage of them that are probably just looking for friends. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like how how soon do you stay after? Because I I'm afraid to swipe right on a guy because it feels like, you know, swiping right on a dating app, you know, right. We are matched. But now. there might also be like men who are on there who are like who are gay and just like using Bumble BFF because they want female friends too. They, yeah, that's so true. they might that might be what they're looking for. So that's one way to do it. And, and meet up. Oh, and I'll, I'll set you up on friend dates, too. Yeah, yeah, you have. Yeah. <laughs> which is which is funny. I'm just like, you know, <laughs> here's someone that lives there. Go out and have fun. <laughs> Go do something. <laughs> Be friends. <laughs> yeah, it, it it can be hard to to make friends as an adult. Like it is it is a challenge. Um, I think that I was lucky in the sense that I lived in Orlando and basically the same place for so many years that I had built friends. You know, friendships. But in the beginning, I have found it hard to do it. You know, but the once I once I actually had my base of friends, and then I tried. You know, when I whenever I it was whenever I tried something new that I'd make more new friends. When I uh, started stand up comedy, I made you know kind of my comedy friends. When I Started doing the running the social media conference. I made the, you know my friends in that arena. Uh, when I started going to Alehouse, you know four days a week, I made my <laughs> circle of friends there. You know when Your I Alehouse the strip the strip club friends. You know like right. I just like it really, but it really was. Uh, I think my way of making friends is to go be a regular somewhere, and then I usually, but I don't usually make friends with the other customers. Generally speaking, the people working I, there. I, I make friends with the staff and I, and I don't know what that is that says about me, but that, that tends to be what I do is I will, I'll go and make, you know, and I'll occasionally make friends with the people that are also regulars, but usually they're part of the group that hangs out with the staff as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, Alehouse is a great example. I mean, I, uh, you know, I would go out with a couple of the bartenders would go out at, you know, when they're nice, when that's they're off or whatever, we'd do something, you know, and it was just like, it was nice. And it was just, that was a group of people that I, that I liked. And I also, 
maybe it's because I like service industry people too. I feel like they're, you know, they're kind of fun to hang out with. So that that's, I think that, you know, it, it, it can be, it can be a challenge. So I, I think the first thing you have to figure out is, do you really want friends? That, that, that's like the first question, right? <laughs> I do want friends, like, but I think I'm also, but why I want to feel part. So I want to feel part of the Seattle community. And I think, okay. I think I felt part of the Nashville community when I first moved to Nashville because I had a job where I was going into the office every single day. So I was cool with my coworkers. So I felt connected and getting that, you know, that extroverts just getting that energy out, you know, and right. just interacting with other people. And then I became friends with my coworkers. So then I felt like, oh, cool. I have, which eh, didn't really work out for me, but you know, like I, I felt sure, like sure. at the time I had a group of people that I trusted and vibed with and we saw each other at work and had fun and it was all like fine. But what I, what I failed to do in Nashville was I failed to fully dive into organizations within the city i did things here and there but i didn't find one that i really was very passionate about and spent a lot of time like it was my hobby because i was spending time dating i was spending time traveling i was spending time making the podcast that like adding anything else to my list on working out and going to work it was like i don't have time for this so i think the looking at it through a different lens is okay. So I don't have the, and a lot of people are remote, right? I don't have the going into the office and socializing and doing the after work happy hours or anything like that. And I honestly don't know if I'd want to do that now with the energy I don't have for that. So right, now right. it's like, okay, well I free up you now that I don't have a commute and things I free up time to be able to volunteer at organizations or find causes and things that I might be passionate about and meet people there. And I, I've already started. I haven't like gone to th- like cat rescue. No, no, I, I don't really <laughs> No, <laughs> I don't really want to go that route. I want to go. I want to go back to like my roots of like being in the arts. Like I used to be in theater and chorus and color guard and all of that where I don't want to, you know, volunteer or work at a school like I used to, but I'd like to be involved in some kind of theater program where I can volunteer, you know, work the ticket sales or do things that, you know, it's not a, it's not a part-time job. I'm not going to get paid for it, but I'm going to volunteer in a way where I feel like I'm part of a community and can contribute in that way because I've, I've gone off the rails and also worked a bunch of part-time jobs where I meet people, but it's not in the same community-based aspect because people come and go from jobs. Yeah, I was going to say, because I think like your um, spa job in Nashville, it doesn't really feel like you made any friends from that. No, everyone ended up hating me in the end. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe not everybody, but a lot of people did not fucking like me in the end. So uh, to me, and then, and then obviously we're just talking about your specific situation, not like everybody's, but it, it actually doesn't sound like friends. It sounds like the community, and I, which I think you know you identified, but I think that's an important aspect, important different like differentiation. You're not looking for somebody who wants to just like hang out, come over, and, on a come over and play a tabletop game or whatever. You know, like that's not you. You're you're not looking for that type of vibe. You're looking for the vibe of participating in something that makes you feel cool about being part of the community and meeting other people who also like doing cool things that are part of the community. Well, I think that's so, a good first step. Like, yes, I would like to develop into having closer one-on-one relationships where someone's coming over for a dinner party or whatever, but I'm not going, sure. I don't think after a couple of Bumble friend dates that I'm going to get there by this one-to-one approach because I, I right. want more than just one, you know what I mean? I want more than just one friend. So it's like going to meetups would be better. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think that I think that that's really 
what a lot of people should probably do. And I think that not either meetups through like meetup.com meetups or local communities, like, you know, the community theater, you know, whatever community arts, any, anything like that, like looking and seeing what they need for volunteers, looking and seeing when they have events at all, any type of events. And also now that you are a little bit, um, that you're kind of the, you know, the upper middle class as well. you could also do events that are charity events where they like, you know, a hundred dollars a plate, come and support this thing and, you know, dress up and get to go out. You and Roy get, get go out, you know, as long as he has his mullet, he has to have his mullet when you go out to fancy things uh. and uh, go out to uh, have drinks and then talk to people. And, you know, they'll put you at tables with people and you'll, you'll meet people that way too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's And good point. that can be a, a kind of a neat way to do it as well. Um, and then there's things like um, Facebook groups, Facebook groups. Well, I was gonna say no, but it was still like other, other types of things are like the, um, uh, like in, in Orlando, there was the uh, what's it called the uh, not geek geek uh, I'm oh nerd Orlando nerd nerd ah fuck I'm, I'm forgetting the name of what it was, but he was doing like every six weeks he'd have like a almost like a TED talk type thing where somebody would come it was an event you'd everybody would go to and someone would give a cool talk about some kind of topic that was related to in some way pop culture fashion you know whatever it was you know and 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 it was a group of people that would just get together and kind of do this stuff and everybody kind of got to know each other over those times, you know, those times as well. Mm -hmm. And you can also offer to speak at those types of things. You know, when you see somebody's looking at, they do things like that about any, there's a variety of topics that you have a good experience, you know, how to travel on your own would be a fantastic one. Cause I remember the one in Orlando, um, my friend Danielle, actually, I met her after that, but she was speaking about using Tinder to couch surf uh, internationally. And so, you know, she had a whole little slideshow. It was a 10 minute little thing or a 20 minute and that was it. And then everybody wanted to talk to her and, you know, she made a bunch of friends from it. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I definitely could go the route of like going to events and paying for whatever. I, I had thought also about paying for, which I'm not going to do, but paying for like a co working space that has community events sure. part of it. But it's a little pricey and it's like I already have a desk set up here, but I do think it would be worth like I think I need to get out of this fucking house. Right. I'm It's also deductible for your taxes, by the way. Uh, well, you need to help me figure that out. I'm ter- <laughs> anyone who's a CPA. Please help a girl out. But um, things like that of just I need to get out of the house and do do things because I'm not going to meet people just staying inside all the time. So I, right. I need to. I mean, workout classes are tough because everyone's in their own mindset of like their workout and then they leave, but trying to find some, something to hold on to Cause I felt like, you know, I had a little bit of that in my workout classes in Nashville and things, but I mean, overall it's challenging and just trying to put yourself out there and feeling uncomfortable doing it. And you're not, I'm not even trying to date anyone. I'm just trying to, right, I'm just right. trying to be friendly and like meet people, but you learn real quickly, like, Oh, I think I just said something that offended the girl I'm on a friend date with because our sense of humor is not the same or, you know, this came off really awkward. I don't think she likes me anymore. I want to just leave. So <laughs> it's us. Yeah. Well, that's why I think, yeah, you, you might do better in large groups and meet people and, you know, kind of meet a group of people. And then kind of as you get to know them on social media, you can also start to learn which ones might be you know, along your lines of, you know, I think, I think that's kind of the best way to make friends as an adult sometimes is to like be part of like a Facebook group or something like that's like, and then meet, meet them in person. So at least you have that kind of in, in person interaction, you kind of see which people you maybe had the most chemistry with. And then you, but then you also kind of keep an eye on their social media, see what kind of person they are. Yeah. And if you click as well, it's like a multi-tiered approach. Yeah. That's a good point. Always follow on social. 
Yeah. Yes. I think because I think that that's that's kind of important. Um, and uh, you know, I for me is it's just I I like making friends to a degree. Like uh, you know, I enjoy I enjoy it to a degree, but. Like I can go to a bar and have equally as much fun if I'm sitting there by myself, just chatting with the staff, than if I have a friend there also who I'm also chatting with. Like it, it doesn't it doesn't really necessarily enhance my my experience in any way. Um, you know, if I want to go do karaoke, I will just go to a bar and do karaoke. Right. I don't need somebody to go with me to do it. You know, and and chances are, if I go to a place and do karaoke, I'm gonna end up chatting with people there while I'm there anyways because we're all there to do karaoke. And so you end up, you know, it just kind of happens organically. Um, but you never connect just, with them after the fact though. Right. Unless they're regulars. Yeah. yeah. They're regulars. Yeah. They're, you know, sometimes I have, uh, you know, I, one bar, uh, when I was going to the bar here, um, well, the, the only bar in town, um, I was talking to somebody and like, he invited me out to go bowling with his girlfriend. They're like, yeah, we're part of the only bowling league in town. We do this every Tuesday. And I was going to go one Tuesday, but I just wasn't feeling it. So I just didn't go. But like I could have gone like and I probably would have met a group of people and everything like that. And and, you know, then I realized that I would have to bowl. And so that was uh, that wasn't exactly something that I was on my list of things that I I don't know that I'm in yeah. a bowler. It has you to know? be like the, I enjoy it like mm-hmm. every now and then. But to do a regular thing that you don't really enjoy is like, well, why am I doing this? Yeah. And like, I think trivia nights are actually a good way to meet people. If you're, if you're like that, if you are kind of a, you're like, cause like you like to be part of a community. I don't give a shit about community. I don't want to participate in the arts community or anything like that stuff. You know, like it's just not me, mm-hmm. but like I go to a trivia night at a bar or something like that. And usually people looking for teams or you sit next to a team and then they're doing well and you kind of talk to them afterwards, but it all requires you being willing to put yourself out there and take that first step of just chatting with people. And that can be it can be nerve wracking to do that sometimes. Yeah, it's also tough because I know who I am and I feel like when I first when I'm in a setting where everybody's new to me, I have to water myself down because I say fuck a lot or, you know, just things that I don't think about. And I'm like, oh, don't curse as much. Oh, you know, maybe don't say that, you know, fuck that. (laughs) I don't I just feel and I shouldn't, you know, even if in a dating scenario, I wouldn't want to box myself in and not feel like myself on a date but i don't know why it is with friends that it takes some like warming up to more than Mm -hmm. like dating i'm like here it all is you know all hanging out literally and then with dating i'm like oh like i'm super nice well fuck that you know and then like later it's like this (laughs) fucking bitch over here you know because i don't know that i don't know it's a different i approach it very differently well i think that uh women in society are kind of trained to tone police themselves that, you know, to to not do things like to, to say fuck a lot and things like that, because it's just not what you do. And it's unfortunate, but it does, you know, it is a thing that I think like society's like told women, you have to watch how you, you know, how you come across. And I, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. You, you are less, you are less likely than, to, you know, than a lot of people to do that. You know, you are, you are more open about who you are, I think, uh, quicker. But it is still is something that people, you know, that affects people. Yeah. Well, it's also weird, too, to just talk about yourself for an extended period of time of, oh, you know, what do you like doing all of these things? And I'm like listing out all of these, you know, things that I like doing. And then the other person's like, cool. Okay, here's all the things I like doing. I'm like, this is not a fucking conversation. Or like, it's weird to just like go back and forth. Like, here's all the things I do. Do we match? And I'm like, this is just so awkward. You know, let's just I it. I mean, like, 
look at my relationship with you. Like we didn't have right, very right. much in common and we're good friends. No. You know, it's, it's not like, yeah. oh, you like to hike? So do I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like our relationships, like, yes, we have the podcast, but it's not based on. No. I think it's just our crudeness and like just that's what it is. <laughs> just it's, survive. it's based on being bags of garbage, <laughs> is what it is. Pretty much, like because my other friend, that's the same thing. She's like, "I'm a piece of shit. You're a piece of shit. We're great <laughs> right, friends." Exactly. Like, but we can be like funny and just open about it. So it's it's finding those people, but also like not trying to offend right out the gate. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird dynamic. Now, I, I will say that, yeah, it, 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 it is. It's a hard to find people like that. I think that I know I'm very privileged in the sense that I, you know, and, and you are to a degree, but you don't use it to the degree that I do, that we have this audience. And and then beyond this audience, I have the TikTok audience and I have the Facebook audience, you know, like just from stand up, doing stand up across, you know, across the country is I've had these little kind of parasocial relationships with people, just, you know, people who follow yeah. that then if I'm like, hey, I'm in this area. Then I have somebody who already knows who I am. They already know the shit that I that I like, and so it's the the hard part's kind of done. It just depends on whether or not I actually can tolerate them. And so it's it's a, like it takes a lot of it out of the equation. I don't. I have a lot less pressure. I can just go and have a good time, regardless, and you know meet up with people. And I think that 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 doesn't help any listeners because it's again, listeners aren't <laughs> yeah, going to really have that, that same advantage. But we you know we but we do, and it is something that helps us with as far as being able to reach out if we want. It's weird because the way that I'm trying to approach friends in like the one-to-one is how I think I would feel if I was desperately dating. Like I want it to work so well for someone to be my friend that I'm willing to say and do the right things and be uncomfortable. So they want to hang out again. And it's a really harsh reminder of like, why are you doing that? Like you're not having fun doing that. And that means you probably are not going to vibe with that person long-term. So don't do that. Yeah, it is the same. It is really dating. And that, and actually I make a lot of friends through dating apps, not through BFF, but just as I match with people and I'm like, you know, I can tell that there's not going to be the chemistry that I look for. And, and, but I they seem like cool people. So then there's that potential to be like, well, let's go grab a drink and just like hang out and just be friendly. And have it, you know, no, there's no romantic aspect to it. Uh, once we're both clear, you know, have the communication uh, that's important. But uh, that has actually worked really well for me as well. And I would say I've made a lot of friends from that. And I've also, and I don't know if it's this is just something that I do, and that I've also made friends from people that I went up went out with in a romantic sense. And then, you know, maybe we had sex or we hooked up or something, you know, and then it just kind of like, Eh, nothing really like it. It just wasn't. This isn't going to be happening a long term. Let's just be friends instead. And now You're we're really good friends. Actually, friends <laughs> and genuine yeah. friends. Like yeah, it's because I'm like yeah, that word didn't really work out the way. So we're we're both good with uh, just being friends. And I think that that's that takes a certain level of I, I don't want to like pat myself on the back and say emotional maturity, but maybe emotional detachment to be able to step back and just be like this is better. Uh, so let's just be friends. Yeah, yeah. I don't think for me that would work out. Just I'm not going to. Di- no, because the guys you choose are terrible, and so <laughs> okay. that's that's really. <laughs> let's start off so with that. that. <laughs> yeah, that's not your fault. I mean, like you know, but even the ones that were not terrible, you try to be friends with, they couldn't handle it. Like they just didn't have. Yeah. Because I don't think they were actually being quite honest with themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's harder for women than it is for men. In that. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't think men generally. We did a whole episode on do men actually like women. And, uh, you know, it's it's hard for men to want to be friends (laughs) with women when they don't actually like women in the first place. Right. Which is why I'm trying to start with just making girlfriends. So. Yeah. 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 
or friends. They said gay male friends, kind of a good way to go too. Yeah, hopefully, you know, in the theater community, it, for me, it really starts yeah. with community. It's like finding the big group, and then you know, from there, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. That's my approach. I would say you could probably go and have a little walking group with all the old ladies from your neighborhood and be all friends Fuck with those uh, Gertrude old ladies and who give me nasty Edith and, uh, and Mabel and uh, all their names. <laughs> You're not far off. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, you don't need to watch Better Call Saul, do you? Uh, but there's a there's an episode where he uh, basically he, he has all these senior citizens as his clients, so he goes on mall walks with them, and so he'll just be like, you know, doing the little walk with them and chatting with all the all the old ladies, and it's pretty great. I can see you do that. You can go on mall walks. Yeah. I mean, I I don't want to be boxed in with having friends in a certain age either because I, sure. I'm part of different Seattle Facebook groups and people post, you know, again, a vulnerable post of five photos of themselves, a bio of like, hey, I'm new to the area. Or, hey, I've lived here and a little thing about them. And based off of the photos, comments and likes on those posts vary so much just based off of what they post about. And then it's like, okay well is anyone even meeting up is this even like a good thing to do and like oh i don't want to connect with this person because she's 22 and i'm 30 you know like i feel like there's like that level of oh i don't want to be her friend because she's older than me or whatever and i'm like i i mean it's just your maturity i don't think it's like oh i don't want to be friends with i'm not i mean i'm I'm not going to seek out friendships with like you're not me. Yeah, I'm not going to be like, oh, like, I'll be friends with this. Like, I, I want to keep around my age group, but, like, I'm not against, like, right, being right, right. friends with people who are a little older or a little younger than me. But I don't – it's weird of, like, I don't want to box myself in, but yet I feel like a lot of people are. If I mean, if I was to do one of those Facebook-type posts, I would put a couple of pictures and say, hey, blah, 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 I'm going to go to this place on Thursday night at 7 to – play trivia or something, you know, like whatever. I'd pick a place and say, you know, that, you know, something's going on. Uh, if anybody like wants to come out and join me, I'd love to make some new friends, you know, like, so like essentially call to action, like marketing. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Basically (laughs) basic marketing. So then like, then all the hard work is done. It's just that someone has to decide whether or not they're going to show up, you know, and if nobody shows up, that's fine. Well, that's the problem with, so nobody does that. Right. And everyone just posts those posts and then everyone in the comments says, hi, I'd love to meet. I'd love to meet DM me. Let's chat. And I'm like, they're bombarded with, you know, now 30 new messages from people. Do you think they're actually responding to all of those messages, number one? And number two, it's like, do you think the person who reached out is, like, going to keep going back and forth versus saying, hey, I'm going to be here at this time? Yeah, having a call to action if you're going to post it, that's a really good idea of posting, I'm doing this, or let's all... I know, that's why I said yeah. it. I'm not going to... I don't want to <laughs> post on those groups because right, right. I hate Facebook, but, but if I was, that's what I would do. But to our listeners, if you're doing something like this and you're trying to make friends, that might be the way that I would suggest it. Because I think if you can make it so that you're going to be like, I'm just going to be here anyways, which is kind of how I would do dates sometimes where I was like, I wasn't really sure about meeting up with them. Like, hey, I got open mic. I'm going to be at open mic from this time to this time. If you're in the area and want to come by, you know, I'll buy you a drink and we can say hi. But I, you know, so it's like I'm already doing something. And it just, it gives it, yeah, and it allows them just to come by. There's a little pressure. If they don't want, you know, it's no big deal. And and it's not like uh, I'm waiting on one specific person. I'm doing it, doing something anyways. Yeah. And it leads for more opportunities of other people to meet instead of just one person. Hey, I'm right. out here. Anyone can join. Da, da, da. Exactly. I love that. Well, um, I would say that, you know, the, the big takeaways from this about trying to make friends is, first of all, decide why you want to make friends. Like, what is it that's important to you? Is it the actual friendship you want somebody to play video games with? Or is it someone you want you want to be part of something bigger? 
um, and then put yourself out there both digitally and in person and give yourself a chance to, I mean, to realize it is like dating. It's a numbers game. And sometimes you're going to meet people and, you know, you'll get to know them really well. And sometimes you'll be people and you won't hit it off at all. And it's just, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Getting out of the house and trying new things to then hopefully meet people. Those are two big things for me. Right. Yeah. Or just build an audience of like a couple hundred oh thousand boy. people and then just tell, you know, tell people where you're going to be. I mean, you know, that's <laughs> hey, it, whatever. That's, that's another way to do it. Seattle <laughs> next week if you want to hang. <laughs> so what we're basically saying is that if you live in the Seattle yeah. area and <laughs> you're here listening, an <laughs> email us at datingoutofsexpodcast at gmail.com and say, <laughs> subject line, I'll be Sarah's I'll friend. Be, oh, that'd be so nice, though. Well, Adam will, it would be nice. Adam will catch the headline first. But then, yeah, I know. I'll, I'll be screening you because Sarah doesn't check the email. So <laughs> you have to impress me first. Well, you can also DM us that on our Instagram at dating kind of sucks, or you can, um, where else can they reach us? I'm sorry. Or they can post a post on our Facebook group about it at facebook.com slash groups slash DKS podcast. That's right. Yeah. And the group is actually a good place for people to maybe make friends as well because, yeah. because there are, you know, everybody in there has kind of similar uh, interests and they've been, you know, screened through for the most part as well. If you uh, are enjoying the podcast and you want to support us, uh, you can get bonus episodes where we uh, just talk, you know shoot the shit for twenty minutes and you get to hear some inside scoops you might other, not otherwise hear at Patreon. And for five bucks a month, which is not very much, you can join us and support us. And that's Patreon.com/slash DKS Podcast. You can uh, watch us on YouTube as well. YouTube.com/slash Dating Kind of Sucks. Um, and then of course, uh, you know, follow us on TikTok. Sarah doesn't really post anymore, but I do uh, at, at Adam Evitable. <laughs> Sarah's at Simply Sarah G underscore. And last but not least, our favorite thing for you to do is to call our DKS hotline at 407-519-0181. Like we mentioned earlier, we will be playing some voicemails next episode and helping out some listeners. So if you'd like some advice, give us a call on there. And uh, if you're listening on iTunes, please leave us a five-star rating and review and uh, give us a five-star rating on Spotify. It helps us a lot. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Who knows? I'm not going to say two <laughs> weeks specifically. It might be three weeks. But, uh, you know, we'll get back into a routine for the new year with uh, new episodes. And uh, thank you for tuning in. Until next time. Whether you're married or single or poly or ace or hanging out with swingers back at your place, listen to us as we get no fuck. On Tinder and Bumble and plenty of yucks, trying and trying and having no luck. Because we all know dating kind of sucks. Sarah and Adam are two of a kind. He says stupid shit and she doesn't mind. They're not doing this show to make any bucks. Life as a chicken whose feathers they pluck. Why does it work? Well, here is the crux. They both know. Dating kind of sucks. Dating kind of sucks.